Welcome to Three Tales Max, the chronicles of my life. And I'm putting this together for really my family. The reason I call this Three Tales Max is if you hear more than three of these tales at one time, I guarantee you, you're going to say, that guy's lying. That cannot possibly be true. Well, this is the truth as I remember it. An autobiography, a recap of my life, the Chronicles of Three Tales Max. So let's get started. And remember, it's not my fault. Am I gay? I don't think so. I don't have those tendencies. But I can't, I can't describe what those tendencies are. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm not gay. I uh, love being with women. I like being with guys too, but in a different way, as you probably know. Okay, so all this is gay scenario stuff going on in my life. I uh, actually did a little bit of looking into it. The whole... Uh, you know, bear, cub, polar bear scenario. I'm a big guy. I'm starting to get a little bit gray. I guess I'm turning into a polar bear by definition. I, I just don't understand it. It's kind of like that television episode where you got the Kevorkia, you know, just just a, a smell about you that draws people to you. And I'm fine with that. I love people. This is great. I don't care what type of person you are, what gender you are, what your religious background is, what your you know sexual orientation is. I don't care. I just love people, all people. So it's really weird because uh, early on when this started to happen to me, um, I was probably, you know, a young man working hard. And I didn't realize, I, I don't know if it was flirting. I don't know if people were trying to hit on me. I really didn't understand what was happening. I was a heterosexual guy. I was married, I had children, and I'm just talking to a guy, right? And then all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, am I saying something I shouldn't be? Am I leading this person on? Uh, you know, it just happens. You know, you just tell people, hey, look, you know, that's that's not the way I play. And just keep on going. Don't walk away from them. Don't stop being their friend. Uh, they're great people. You know, they being a, a group of people, they, not anything more than that. You know, I'm in a group of people. I'm in the they crowd in a different crowd, okay? But look, it's like that old Venn diagram. Stuff crosses over. You can't, you can't filter it out. We actually cross over on many different fields of many different people. If you don't know what a Venn diagram is, it's old school. Look it up. Uh, I'm sure you'll have, be happy about it. Okay, so I'm, I literally, I, I never dated a man. I've never been with a man. I've always been with women. I've always dated women. So I kind of know what that looks like. I know what that dance is. I'm, oh, okay. So first you go this way, then you go that way, and then you move forward, then you move back, then decisions are made, so forth and so on. I just thought to myself, well, what am I missing here? I'm missing a group of people that are really cool. You know, they, they, they want to talk to me. They want to be my friend. They want to be around me. For whatever reason, I don't know. It's just me. It's just me being me. Okay, so get on with this background thing. You know, it's like my family now realizes, oh my God, dad's being gay. Now, not the sense of the word that you might think. It's a, it's a family thing, you know. Uh, you know, we have in our family something that Alice calls the stupid husband routine. 
Now, I, I am not stupid. At least I don't feel stupid. But Alice says, go do your stupid husband routine and return this to Big Box Store X. You probably heard about those in previous episodes. Okay, so it works. You know, the stupid husband routine. I wouldn't say I have a gay routine. I just am me. But the family recognizes it. Oh, my God. It's happening. It's happening right now. Stand back. Leave dad alone. For example, my children are in college in a different town than I live in. Different city than I live in. Different area. Whatever you want to say. So I go to this you know, discount kind of store place. I wouldn't say it's cheap, but it's less expensive furniture store than other places. I need to buy a lamp. So we go to see one of my kids. One of my kids is in this this town where the store is. So Alice and I pack it up one afternoon. I don't know what day of the week it was. We we head off to this city and say, oh, let's look, let's buy, look at buying a lamp. So we do, and we're looking, oh, this is nice, that's nice. And I just didn't realize that at the time, again, this male attendant, clerk, salesperson, I don't know what the title was, is helping us. He's being real helpful. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. How about this? How about that? Look here, look there. You know, up, down, right, left, black, white. You know, all the stuff that you do when you're shopping for a piece of furniture. We were shopping for a lamp. And I have really specific tastes. So does Alice. You know, again, we have to look at that kind of Venn diagram. Where is that compromise? Where is that overlap that we can both be happy with? Not a clue of anything else. I am buying a lamp. And so is Alice. And... Now, as I look back on the situation and I think about it, the whole time, the guy's like dropping these innuendos. He's flirting. But I can't really tell now, looking back on it, uh, at this this point in time uh, of the story, I would say, I don't know if he was flirting with me or if he was flirting with Alice. Excuse me. I don't know if he was flirting with me or Alice. Uh, so, again, I don't care. You know, Alice and I are happily married. I don't care. You know, if you want to flirt with somebody, go ahead. That's the thought process that was going through my mind as I review this incident, this this story, this, this, this chunk of my life. So we have this conversation. You know, Alice and I are both having this, like, conversation with this gentleman. You know, kids in college, we come here often. Sometimes just one of us comes. Sometimes just... You know, Max comes, sometimes I come and, and leave Max at home, well, so forth, so on. How are we doing? Normal conversation, you know, just uh, you're having a conversation with a person, you know, a person on the face of this earth. It's a great thing. Enjoy it. I do. So this lamp, it's not a lamp that's a floor lamp that's, you know, weighs 500 pounds or is seven feet tall or something. It's a lamp, you know, it's put on a desk. So I check out, the clerk's helping me and... For whatever reason, you know, Alice is like, will you just take care of this? I'm, I'm tired of looking at furniture. I, don't, I want to go out and sit in the car for a while. I'm going to head out to the car. Okay. So, again, I can't, for the life of me, remember what I may or may not have said at this point in time. Normal stuff. Okay. Just normal conversation in my mind. Still hasn't clicked that this guy is flirting with me or he might be hitting on me. And I don't really know the the subtle differences, even if it wasn't a man. Just not that in tune with all my feelings, I guess. So I walk out to the car. Gentleman says, or start to, said, oh, I'm going to go to the car. Thank you. Goodbye. Shake his hand. So oh, let me help you to the car. I'm like, okay. But you really don't have to. I mean, I'm capable of carrying this thing out. Oh, no. 
you know, you've been great to work with. Let me just take this out to the car with you. Okay. Works for me. I mean, you want to carry this? I'll leave you go. So we come out. I have, a, I have an SUV. I open the back of it up. I spoke to Alice. Hey, Alice, we're here getting ready to go. Uh, the guy's talking it up, blah, blah, blah. And, and we're standing there. The door's open. He knows that Alice is in the car. I've spoken to Alice. He looks at me and he says, uh, so, you know, uh, when are you coming to town next? Ah, I don't know. Why? He's like, well, well, you know, next time you're in town, you know, why don't we, uh, why don't we get together? I'm like, what? Okay, I know you by shopping in the store. So I'm running down the checklist in my head, my mental checklist. I know you as a clerk in the store. Great, you know, nice guy. I know you no real other way. I don't know anything about you. I don't know where you come from. I don't know if you're married. I don't know what your sexual orientation is. I'm like, well, okay, uh, I guess we could. I said, yeah, well, next time Alice and I are in town, we'll, sh- we'll stop in and talk to you. He's like, no, 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 no need to bring Alice. Well, it's just you and I just, sh- you know, go out for a cup of coffee. So now there is something that's a little odd to me. Now some buzzers and whistles are going off. And I see Alice, we're still at the back of the SUV with the hatch open. I see Alice turn around and look at me. And, you know, Alice has big eyes anyways, but, you know, staring. What is going on? And I'm thinking, now, you know what? I, I, I don't think I'll be here in the near future without my wife. But I'll contact you and we'd be glad to go out with you. He's like, okay, well, you know, see, see what happens. I close the door, shake the gentleman's hand. He walks back in the store. I get in the car. And Alice is like, you do know he was hitting on you, right? I'm like, yeah, now I do. She's like, I couldn't take any more of it in the store. I had to get out of there. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, I didn't see it. I don't understand this stuff. I was just having a conversation with a guy in the store. It could have been anybody. It could have been about baseball. It could have been about, you know, cricket. It could have been about golf. It could have been about curtains it could have been about a lamp which it was about a lamp i didn't i don't see where that's a problem she's like it's not a problem she says you just don't know when someone's trying to hit on you like yeah i guess i really don't uh i mean i did after he asked me basically asked me out on a date Uh, at least i think that's what it was i don't know i can't see why a store clerk would want to ask me out for coffee not drinks, not going to a sports bar, not like, let's go to a sporting event, I got season tickets. Nothing along those lines. Just like, why don't we stop out and hang out? Stop in and hang out. Once again, Alice has the wisdom. Don't ever question it. I don't, I should never question it. There's a better way to state it. Alice has the wisdom. And by the way, I never did go back to the store without Alice. I mean, I did go back to the store I think once or twice. It's a great place to buy furniture. That gentleman was not there. We never went out. Him and I, him and Alice and I, in any combination. Hey, experiences build your life. That was a life experience, I guess. So, (laughs) you know, this whole thing of people and interacting. and Look, I interact with people well, but I don't do subtlety. I don't get subtle hints like stuff. Be direct with me. No, I don't like 
cream in my coffee. Got it. You know, I, I understand that. I'm not insensitive. Well, maybe you know, other people might think I'm insensitive in the family, but that's because they've lived with me all my life, all their life. I guess that brings to mind a, another little ditty from my past. This time it wasn't Alice. This time it was Buck. It was his 21st birthday. Uh, again, subtleties and innuendos. I, I don't get it. Don't get it at all. But that's okay. Um, I learn. I have fun. So Buck turns 21. We're uh, in this this town that is, you know, well known for its its uh, you know gay population. That's fine. We're there. I don't remember why, but we were there. They're having a blast, and it was his 21st birthday. And some of some of uh, Alice's family was was there also. And and uh, again, I can't remember the specifics on why. Just that we were there and. We decided to, you know what, it's 21, you're 21, you got to go out. We hadn't thought this out very well, as you can tell. It's my son's 21st birthday. We're not, he's not with his buddies. We're in a town with like a bunch of old, he's with a bunch of old people, me and his mother. So he's like, oh, let's go down, it's like two blocks away down the street, there was a bar. Let's go to the bar, celebrate, have a couple of shots, you know, okay, whatever, we're going to have some fun. <laughs> So naturally, I'm in the bar, and I'm not really seeing what's surrounding me. I pull up to the bar, a couple of guys to my right, a couple of girls to my left, my family's behind me at a table, uh, it's karaoke night, all good, just, hey, how you doing? I buy drinks, I take them over the table, set them down, and karaoke starts, and I look and go, wait a minute, that person's a little odd, what's happening here? Uh... You know, it was a uh, different attire than I'm used to seeing on a man. Let's just put it that way. You, know, you turn around, you can see more flesh than I wanted to, if you get my drift, when he turned his back to you. Like, oh, okay, it's karaoke night. We're in this bar. We're having fun. This ought to be really cool. So I couldn't carry all the drinks at one time. I just left. You know, I didn't order mine yet, so I went back to the bar you know, that's why I'm going back to the bar from dropping off the drinks. I'm looking at the karaoke stage. There's a stage. Karaoke, I, I, again, I don't quite get it all, but people are having fun. They're acting out their fantasies, I guess. They're singing. Some of them are really good singers. Some of them really aren't. Uh, this guy was actually pretty good who was on stage at the time, as I remember it. I remember he was singing with his posterior to us, not his face. I go back. I order a drink. I'm talking to these people to my right. Uh, they're men. Hey, how you doing? There's two of them, two guys. Hey, how you doing? Oh, not bad. What are you in town for? And, you know, whatever business, I think it was. Strike up this little conversation with him. Having a grand old time. Like, hey, man, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, do you do more than just drink? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I have a life. And they're like, no, 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 man. Do you smoke? I'm like, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, okay? Well, we didn't call it smoking then. Smoking then is when you pulled out a pommel and fired it up, you know? Uh, but yeah, it's like, yeah, I do, I have, I will, whatever, not a problem. Um, I mean, it's been a long time. The guy's like, hey, why don't you uh, go on a little trip with us? I'm like, what, a little trip? He's like, yeah, it's like me and my buddy, uh, 
We were thinking about going to this place. It's a really tall building. It's about two and a half hour drive from where we are. So let's go to the top of this building, man. You know, fire up a bowl. You know, I would say roll a fatty, have a doobie, whatever. We'll just spend the night there looking out over the city. We're like, yeah, that's probably not going to work for me. I said, look, my wife's over there. My kids are here. It's his 21st birthday. He's like, well, bring your son along. You know, we'll, we'll have a good time. Like, yeah, this this just does this this doesn't end well if I get in the car with my son and these two guys and go and smoke more pot than I could ever possibly dream of because I, I don't smoke pot anymore. And I turn around and look. At that point in time, my son was sitting next to his cousin, who's a woman, and had his arm around her, and they're both looking at me going, Dad, don't you dare come over here, don't you dare do this. Okay, Buck's 21st birthday. Hey, make it a memory. You never know when that's going to happen either. So if you haven't been able to tell yet uh, from prior episodes, things kind of happen to me in streaks. So I'm on this like non-heterosexual streak, let's just say. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like. I mean, I'm living it. I'm owning it. I'm embracing it. It's just part of life. It's good. So, <laughs> you know, air travel and going to and from work uh, places because, or going to and from places for work, it's just part of my life. I got to do it. Um, and I travel a lot certain times of the year, certain years of the, of the, of the, my life. I've traveled a lot. Uh, good, bad, indifferent. Look, when you're on the road and you're on the road constantly, you're home for like a day or two and you go back on the road and you just stay on the road for two or three months in airports and hotels and conference centers. You, you get to be like, look, we're all in this together. I don't know you, you know me. And you might have a conversation you wouldn't normally have. Well, not me. I pretty much have conversations with anybody. So <laughs> there was a... It, <sighs> There's a whole airline thing that happened to me. I'll tell you that sometime in a future episode. But let's just pull out some of this, uh, you know, non-heterosexual stuff that's happened to me on a trip or two. So as you well know, I live in a small town. Um, I've lived in a small town most of my life. And I travel and uh, fly out of a really small airport. Where it's like you don't show up early. You know, there is... Uh, TSA there, you have to get your stuff to go through the, the, you know, the not the video, but the, you know, you put your stuff on a conveyor belt, whatever, it goes through, you take video of it, see if you're, you know, supposed to be taken on the plane, what you're supposed to be taken on and not what you're not. Uh, you still have to do all of that, but there's never really a line. And what's really wild about this airport is if they have like some 6 a.m. flights out and there'll be literally 20 people in the airport, not counting the employees, yeah, I like to, I like, I'm a morning person. I like to fly in the morning anyway. So I'm on one of these 6 a.m. flights out of this airport. And all these airports hub to a bigger city, or I'm sorry, excuse me. All these flights out of the airport hub to a bigger city, a, a, a big city. Then you get on another flight, you know how the hubbing system works. You fly from hub A to hub B to hub C and so forth and so on. The ideas of direct flights are far and few between these days. So I get on this first flight out of uh, this really small town. I'm so I'm literally like two people in this aircraft, and I'm sitting in the front. I always like to sit in the front uh, when I have really tight connections because I don't have to wait for people to get out of the aircraft. 
this is this really small, like a turboprop jet. It probably only holds 12 to 20 people. So I'm in the front seat. Uh, yeah, front seat. No, I'm not with the pilot. <laughs> Thank God, I can't. They don't want me in the pilot seat. But I'm in the front, uh, a seat in the front. The airport attendant, stewardess, whatever they're called. I don't know the proper terminology for, for people. They're there. He's there. He said, hey, where are you going? You know, the normal stuff. And I start. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. I am. Had my coffee. I am cranked up, ready to go. Hey, how you doing? You know, how many how many flights you on? How many legs you flying? Because these guys, these little commuter flights, they'll fly from city A to city B, back to city A, back to city B, back to city A. They're whatever. Okay, I don't understand that either. But you know, they do a lot of legs. A lot of times they'll just fly legs here and there, whatever, the same plane. So I'm asking, I know this happens. I'm saying, hey, how you doing? You know, where are you flying to today? When are you done? How many days off do you get? Where are you going to be off? Just normal conversation. Well, that wasn't good because I believe the person thought I was flirting with him or hitting on him. And, oh, come on. You know, he's like, well, I'm going to be in city XYZ. Uh, where are you going? It's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going across the pond. I'm not going to be in city XYZ. Oh man, that's too bad. Sounds like we could have had some fun. I'm like, oh my god, what did I do? I think you know, I think that one may actually have been my fault. Okay, unintentionally, but it was my fault. I was just being nice. Okay, so I I land in my hub airport. I get there, and the flight's canceled. I missed it. Whatever. There was no. I didn't make the connection. So one of the things you do, at least then, I'm assuming it's still that way now. Uh, this was post 9-11. This was after 9-11. It wasn't that many years ago, actually. When you miss a flight, when I missed a flight, and again, I traveled. I have, I have you know, lots of air miles and lots of experience with this thing. You don't necessarily, as long as you have your carry-on and you haven't checked any bags, you don't necessarily have to go to, oh, I was supposed to be at gate 8, um, Concourse A, right? Well, you don't have to go there to correct the issues of the flight, like, okay, so what I do is, you know, I'll just go someplace where there's nobody standing at one of these terminal gates because they can help you as well as anybody else can. Um, so I walk in there and and I had to get, um, connect to another city and then I had to fly overseas. So yeah, I had two connections and then an overseas flight. I walk up to this attendant. Gentleman's pretty cool looking. All good in my mind. And I put my hands, uh, you know, the, the countertop was high. It was like chest height. So I put my hands, my elbows up on the countertop. And I, I didn't start out with my problems. That's one of the things you don't do, man. You don't like, hey, I'm here. I got a problem. They hear that all day long. They being the, the people who support you to find another flight because your flight is gone or missed or broken or canceled or whatever. So I always, I think about that, you know, I've, I've worked uh, retail before you don't start out with oh here's my problem fix it fix it fix it you start with, hey how's it going how you been where you what are you doing you know are you busy today you know is the weather causing you issues whatever all that kind of stuff so this gentleman and i are talking now again i just left the flight where the i wouldn't say the attendant asked me out but it was close now i'm in an airport talking to another attendant and the first one, okay, that's, you know, water on a duck's back. It's gone. So I'm here. How are we doing? Da, 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 da. All of a sudden, I make a mistake. 
I know I make a mistake after it stuff came out of my mouth and I kept on talking. So I have an unusual looking wedding ring. Okay, it's on my left hand ring finger. I, my wedding ring is unusual. It's not fancy, it's not flashy, it's just really unusual looking. The attendant behind the counter, and we haven't talked about flights or anything yet. I said, wow, that's a really interesting ring. It's really cool. And I made the mistake. Okay, I didn't say, oh, my wife and I picked it out together. I said, yeah, my significant other and I picked it out together. Just because, you know, I was trying to be politically correct. I don't know what that gentleman's orientation was. I don't care what that gentleman's orientation was. But I wasn't specific about my wife. I said significant other. Well, he must have interpreted that as, oh, he plays on our team. So he's like, uh, where are you going? Where's your final destination? Because, you know, he hasn't pulled me up yet. He doesn't even know my name yet. So I give him my information. I say, hey, look, i got to fly into, you know, the next hub, and then I'm going overseas to, to this airport in Europe. And he's like, oh. He's like, uh, well, no, you know, if you want... I could probably get you a layover and put you on a really nice flight the next tomorrow. Like, no, I kind of need to get there. I, and I know now that he's hitting on me because I have started, I have started this scenario and I'm just like, yeah, no, I, I appreciate it, man. But I just, I, I, I gotta go. I gotta get overseas. He's like, well, he says, you know, it'd be nice to spend some more time with you. It's like, yeah, I, you know, honestly, you know, my wife would probably not appreciate me doing that. I'm like, well, she didn't have to know. I'm like, Okay, so now this whole conversation is going in an odd place. Like, now, I, look, I don't want to be mean to the guy. You know, he's got the ability to make or break me when it comes to flights getting out of this airport. And I'm like, nah, I just, I just can't make it happen. I got to go. Um, but I really appreciate the offer. You know, that, that was nice. So he slides me. At, at that point in time, you know, we're still using paper tickets. He slides me the tickets and said, here you go. You'll be happy. He says, have a great flight. Enjoy yourself. Okay, I look, I'm flying first class. I didn't pay for first class. Now, I've got a ton of air miles. I had a lot of problems in the past. They fixed them for me. They've put me in first class, but we're talking overseas first class. We're not just talking, you know, continental United States first class. I'm like, oh, geez. All right, this really worked out well. So, <laughs> and I looked, he actually had the return flights in first class. Well, I mean, I don't think you saw, I don't have my return tickets, but when I got my return tickets, they were in first class also, I should say. Um, jumping ahead on the story a little bit. So I get in, I get in the flights, I make my next connection, I get in the flight, because, you know, flights that go overseas typically leave at night. You, you know, they leave at nine o'clock at night, Eastern Seaboard, and you arrive like nine or 10 o'clock in the morning, Europe time. So I finally get to the, uh, flight, the transatlantic flight, you know, I'm standing around, I meet up with my buddies, okay, my one buddy, Clay, he's a really good friend of mine, I mean, really good friend of mine, we, we travel a lot, we traveled a lot together, not so much anymore, I mean, I his kids know my kids, I know his kids, wife, family, been to his house for, you know, meals, been out drinking with a guy, he's not part of the original crew, if you heard me talk about the big crew that you squad drinking, he's not part of that, but anyways, he's a really good friend of mine. So Clay, his wife, and uh, another gentleman that we know is, is there, and we all get on this uh, transatlantic flight, and he's like, how in the world did you get first class? And I'm like, yeah, long story. You're flying in the middle of the night. 
we're on a really big plane. Planes that go across the pond are not small on a commercial scenario. They are huge. They carry as many people as they can possibly get in them. So I'm sitting there. There's a gentleman beside me, has a European accent. Really cool to listen to him. I don't know if Europeans like to hear um, American accents or not, but Americans definitely like to hear European accents and people talk. So not just because of their accent. I mean, I enjoy talking to this gentleman. We're both in first class. We're sitting there, you know, we're having drinks. The flight attendants are taking care of us. It's a good time. So as the flight, I don't know, it's a four, six, eight-hour flight. I don't know how long. It's a fairly long flight, though, compared to a short, you know, hub jump in the U.S. So we're going across, and, you know, Clay and his wife are sitting back in coach or whatever. And, uh, you know, just kind of the situation. That's the way it's set up. All of a sudden, I'm asleep. I don't realize I'm asleep. I rarely sleep on planes. Usually when I sleep on planes, somebody wakes me up because I have a really bad snoring problem. I don't know if that's why this happened or not, but it did. <laughs> so I I get woken up. You know, I have shorts on. You know, I'm, I'm not wearing my suit and jacket and tie and everything. I'm on a plane. I don't, you know, no one's going to see me yet even when I get off the plane. I don't have to be presentable. I'm not part of the workforce yet. You know, I don't represent my work yet. Um, but all of a sudden I feel this rubbing on my leg. It wakes me up. I was, yeah, I was in a window seat. So I wake up, I'm looking out the window. I realize what is rubbing on my leg? I look left. There's this guy I've been talking to. I had a conference, great conversation with great guy. He's still rubbing and he's looking at me and he's going, Hey man, how you doing? He's got a big old smile on you on his face. I'm like, I'm doing well. What's up, buddy? Um, He's like, oh. He says, "Uh, are you part of the Mile High Club yet? I'm like, no. He says, what do you say we, you know, go up here and uh, join the Mile High Club? He says, I'm already a member. like, no. Sorry, buddy. Uh, Not going to happen. I don't want to join the Mile High Club. And he said, okay, whatever. So forth, so on. Again, I still have, what, three, four hours with this guy sitting behind, beside me, and I've turned him down. It didn't matter. He was okay with that. Oh, you want to do it? Fine. Don't want to do it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, get off the flight and, uh, you know, start telling Clay and his wife about this. And he's like, geez, you know, the weirdest stuff happens to you. What, what is this all about? It's like, look, I had a really good conversation with the guy. He's a nice guy. He's, got, you know, he's really interesting to talk to. I just... Yeah, I didn't want to join the Mile High Club. Now, I got to tell you something about Clay. Right? I mean, he and I have traveled a lot. But he doesn't see life like I do. And he's not uptight. He's really not an uptight guy at all. He's really laid back, has a great time in life. His wife's the same way. You know, they're, they're just, they enjoy life too. But there are certain aspects about life where Clay will just kind of stop talking and clam up on you. And the uh, non-heterosexual experience is one of them. Now, not when it happens to me. Well, for example, I guess I'll just tack this on as kind of an added bonus to the episode. I wasn't going to, but um, so so uh, Clay and I were in this city in the United States, and uh, we were there a, a day or so early. And uh, said, oh, "Hey, man, why don't we do something besides go to our work at this conference?" He's like, hey, there's a view, a voodoo museum down the road here. Let's we say we walk down, do something different than just go to the conference and do our thing. 
okay, so we go in there. and So this whole museum thing is kind of odd because, uh, again, I can't believe I'm going down this tangent, but it is a tangent that needs to be talked about. Um, the Voodoo Museum is really like kind of an old house, really. And there's one guy there. And it's real dark. And the hallways, if you've ever been in an older house, older home, built like, I don't know, turn of the century or 1800s. Sometimes the hallways can be really narrow. And these hallways were very narrow. I'm a big guy. You know, it's like when we walk through the Voodoo Museum, I have to turn sideways. I've knocked stuff off the show, the walls that are hanging in the, in the hallways, whatever. Literally, you walked out of the room where you paid your money. You walked down a hallway to another room. And you walked out another hallway to the, and it came to the front where you paid the money and it's over. That's, that's the Voodoo Museum. But look, I don't need any voodoo, bad juju or whatever on me, right? I don't need that. I've got enough juju already. But <laughs> what happens is, is, is we come out and you know, the curator, let's say, of this museum wasn't happy with me knocking crap off the walls. Uh, but he's, you know, I'm like looking at something and Clay's already out there and he and Clay are talking. And I come out and I hear him say, well, uh, what do you say, uh, you come to my house and I'll show you my magenta-headed snake. Now, just that's what I hear of the conversation. And Clay's like freaking out a little bit. He's looking at me. He's like, what the heck's going on here? And it's not a big deal to me. You know, welcome to my world. Uh, you're getting hit on by a guy. You know, either run with it or run away. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't explain it. So anyways, that's kind of Clay. You'll be hearing more about Clay, I'm sure, in the future. Uh, just ran into him yesterday at work and, uh, he's on my mind. It's probably why I'm telling this little tangent for me, you know, this whole, this whole thing is, you know, am I gay or is it nay? I, you know, how often, how often it happens to me? You know, I think my kids are saying, yeah, dad's at gay or nay again. Look at him. You know, it's like a little game or something. I guess they play it. It's not me, but, um, let's just say this. From all these experiences, I now know when I'm being hit on, whether it's a woman or a guy. It's not perfect. It's just life. Enjoy every minute of it. That's all for now, folks. This is Three Tails Max signing off. It's not my